through the forest there. Um, and you happen to see um, a mechanical arm just laying in the leaves. You know how that happens sometimes. Um, so that actually is a geocache. And apparently there's things in the arm. There's some ping pong balls and some rubber bands and other things like that. And the geocache is called Bigfoot's Bionic Arm, which I guess is loosely based on an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man, where Lee Majors fought um, some sort of Sasquatch character um, and ripped its arm off, and its arm was full of gears and wires and was somehow connected to a, a large conspiracy of um, cyborgs or something like that. And I don't know the whole story, um, but it does sound like a very strange one. So next time you're walking through the woods in Ontario, Canada, you're just walking along, casually hiking along, and, and there you are. You see an, a disembodied arm laying in there in the woods. That actually might be a geocache. Um, if it's not a geocache, um, I would say that might be a, a police situation. Um, but anyway, so that's that. Geocaching scripture, welcome back. I'm sorry it's been so long. Geocaching is this rarefied sport hobby of going around and finding these little treasures that people have hidden and they usually hide them with some sort of compass coordinates or GPS coordinates and you can have fun going to find them. The fun is in the finding, um, finding an arm, I guess, um, and just finding something there that's that's different and that sort of enlivens a little hike that you would be taking. We found, we've gone geocaching now around, the, uh, around town a few times and we just had a blast doing it. It's just kind of a fun little treasure hunt. Um, to me, it's a perfect metaphor for the way I've interacted with scripture as I've gotten older. I've been in um, seminary and I've been in uh, ministry for about a decade. And, um, and I also grew up well, well within the church. And so scripture gets a little over, overworked, overwalked, overhyped. And I've been able to find these little treasures of language, cultural situation, and history that sort of uh, let me see the dimension that was already there, um, but opened my eyes again to that so that, the, that uh, the Word of God is kind of fresh to me once again. Tonight, I have made the editorial choice of um, being down here by an open window where the rain is falling and there's a slight wind because rain is awesome. Slight wind is awesome. And um, if you hear that in the background, that's it. Um, Some else is going on. We'll see what happens. Anyway. So this is Josh here. Um, getting back to you. Uh, I'm alone by myself working solo this time. I will be having a a series of guest stars lining those up for um, for time in the future, but at the moment I am by myself on my lonesome sitting here by the rainy window, um, and I'm out of the blanket for it because we're on quarantine. I mean, whatever. You know, ugh, it's hard to get a perfect recording out of anything and hard to do anything real, real well these days. Um, so if we're on quarantine, all bets are off. You just sort of do it, and, you know, I'm wearing my work work pajama pants. I'm about to change into my nighttime pajama pants. And so that is the way these days are going. So we find ourselves in the first chapter of the book of Mark. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
and all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And in those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. Did you ever see the movie Inception? Um, absolutely strange movie. I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's something about some sort of futuristic group that can go inside your dreams and, and fix things for you. Or something. Obviously, I, I haven't seen it in a long time. In the dream, you have these Inception things happening. The um, They're going inside dreams, and then they end up being in another dream, and they end up being in another dream, and another dream. And it's like all these different stories happening at the same time. Um, I would say, like, this is almost like the Gospel of Mark's Inception story. There's all these things happening at once. The other creepy image that I think of with this is... Um, that old show Twin Peaks that came out in in right as the 80s were becoming the 90s. So I'm going to hit some of you with Inception and the others of you maybe with Twin Peaks. And then some of you, I guess, I probably hit with the $6 million man reference. Got everybody tonight. Anyway, um, so in Twin Peaks, um, the, there's a story about this man who murders a girl and then he murders another girl later on. And one of the sort of haunting refrains that keeps coming back that all these different creepy sort of characters keep saying is, it is happening again. It is happening again. And you see like Twin Peaks, you know, Twin Peaks, dot, dot, dot. It is happening again. And in a way, that's the story here. That Jesus is replaying a story. And he is replaying, first of all, the creation story. He's replaying the creation story. There's this water. There's the voice of God. There's a spirit as a dove hovering over the waters. There's recreation going on. And recreation is this huge theme through the Gospels that, that we're being recreated. So even Mark and John both start their, their Gospels within the beginning. And that is a very, very obvious tip of the hat toward the Genesis narrative. And that's the idea, is that we are being recreated by God. So it's all starting again. It is happening again. And Jesus is coming out of the water. And I love in N.T. Wright's um, commentary on this, he says, he says, we have the voice and the water. The voice and the water. That is the greatest phrase. The voice and the water. And here it is happening again, that the voice of God is speaking and things are coming forth again. And then at the same time, he's also recreating the story of Israel. Recreating the story of Israel, where Israel passed through the waters of the River Jordan, went into the desert for 40 years. Where does Jesus go after his baptism? Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. You see that. Jesus is replaying the story of Israel. In a sense, replaying this broken story of humanity 
in the right way so that he can fulfill what was lacking and what was needed in that story. As he said, I, I came to fulfill the law. I came to fulfill the law. And John, and in another geocache here, John is baptizing the people from the east to the west. So he's replaying the whole crossing of the River Jordan from the east to the west. Um, as they were going towards the promised land from the east, where they were in Egypt, where they were in slavery, toward the west, where they're going to the promised land. And Jesus is going with them. And Jesus' name, of course, is what? Joshua. Joshua. That's the detail there. Joshua, that is Jesus taking over for Moses in some sense, in a very symbolic way, but he's taking him, he's taking us, all of us with him to the promised land as we pass through the waters into the desert. And then, of course, the heavens are torn open. This beautiful image of the heavens being torn open, passionately torn open. And the only time that word for torn appears again is in the end of Mark. When what is torn? The curtain between the Holy of Holies and the rest of the temple is torn in two. Is torn in two. So God, in a sense, is tearing open the heavens to say, this is my son and I am well pleased with him. And in a way, he, and then he tears open that curtain because he is pleased with us. Because we are tied up together with his son. Because he is coming to do this on our behalf coming to do the whole thing on our behalf. The baptism, the temptation, everything that we didn't get right the first time, he has come to do again. Recreation, re retelling the story with the author himself as a character. Jesus is immersed in our story. And in our lives now, he is still immersed in our story. He is still working through the story of our lives, all the dumb stuff and all the crap that we've done, that he works through that. And he says, I will go down there where my eccentric cousin will baptize me in this weird offshoot faction that he started. And I'll be part of that. And I'll be part of your life. And I'll be part of the dumb things you've done and the stupid choices that you've made and all kinds of other things, and I'll be part of it, and I'll redeem that. I don't want to start it over. I don't want to destroy it in a scorched earth policy. I want to come to where it is and redeem it. And that's the story of Jesus' baptism. That's the voice in the water. And we can let him recreate us today. Sounds like the rain stopped, but there still is a very nice wind. And I'll take that. Pax Humana. Cheers.